Right then. It's cold uh, open. More yeah, like more like <laughs> really hot open. <laughs> Did we both go for the same joke? Yep. <laughs> oh, like two desperate men in a life raft, both <laughs> reaching for the last chipolata. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yes, listener. It's been warm. <laughs> Got any good heat anecdotes? I ate uh I ate a bar of Cadbury's caramel yesterday and it just liquefied into this just the the, me- the messiest snack. It's not a great anecdote. <laughs> Have you ever tried frying an egg on a car or whatever? Oh no. Or just smashing an egg on the pavement. In any way. It's dirty. All the places you can anecdotally cook an egg are places I wouldn't want to eat from. I always like the anecdotes about like people in Siberia like spitting and it freezing before it hit the ground. Do you reckon that's true? Oh no. That can't because that's that's close to like an X-Man power, isn't it? If you could just spit icicles at someone. Like I'm pretty sure there's a superhero who can do that. Well, it wouldn't be an icicle really, it'd just be a sort of a mucus pebble. Well, that's still, I wouldn't want that in my eye if I was Magneto. <laughs> I don't know why I went West Yorkshire and protesting like, <laughs> well, it's not an icicle, really. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> it's the RPS podcast. <laughs> this is going to be the energy today. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, listener, to the Electronic Wireless Show, uh, Rock Paper Shotguns PC Gaming ish podcast, and the only podcast you need, in Alice Bell's opinion. Alice is away fighting in the Crusades, <clears throat> leaving the two evil King Johns of the <laughs> podcast to force each other to sign the Magna Carta in her absence. Yes, uh, with me is Wolf. Wolf again, what's your surname? Wolf Carlton. Wolf Carlton, uh, played by Matthew Castle. Uh, it's too hot I'm, to come up with a better name. This is it, yeah. I, I'm Nate Crowley, that's <laughs> Matthew Castle. We're both really... just You know at the end of H.G. Uh, Wells is the time machine where he goes to the distant future and like the sun's knackered and there's just this busted squid on a beach... Just mm. inspiring. That's the energy. Mm. Have you seen the film Sunshine? Yeah, I love that one. That's with um is that the one with Cillian Murphy? Yeah. Has it got Chris Evans in it? Yes, it's got Chris Evans in it. Has it got Chris Evans in it? I think so. I think he's there's a lot of these sort of meat faced men who I think I saw in loads of films before like the Marvel Ascendancy made their identities inescapable. Yeah. So it's always now surprising that I saw them in all these films, but just saw them as like sort of a large, benevolent mate man. Oh yeah, Chris Evans was in lots of stuff before he was Captain America and could be picky. There's this, I, there's this film with, um, I think it's Kim Bassinger, where she's been like kidnapped and she's got a mobile phone and she can ring like one number or like she can... <laughs> She somehow gets through to Chris Evans' phone. He's just some random guy. I don't know what the contrivance is that means she can't ring anyone else. And she's got to kind of guide this stranger to come and save her from these kidnappers. So it's like the phone a friend option on who wants to be a millionaire, but with immensely higher stakes. Yeah, I think this was the time where everyone was making phone-based thrillers. I say everyone, there was phone booth. No, there must have been, been others. Well, 24 had a lot of like high stakes phone calls maybe that's a big influence on this 
What's the one where Tom Hardy's in a car going mad? <laughs> but isn't that just? Oh yeah, um, he's well. It's got a weird name, like Bruce or something. <laughs> yeah, it's got a single name. It's, it's called. <laughs> is that you, Dad, in the back of my car? <laughs> no, son, I'm a ghost. <laughs> oh, this is an what? episode of Anthony Hopkins' Terrible Frights. <laughs> No, I'm trying to think of other phone things now. Sunshine with Cillian Murphy. Yeah, well, in that, they're trying to reignite the sun going out, which is obviously, like, I'm less sympathetic to in days like yesterday, where I'm like, I hope the sun dies. Yeah. That film is like a lot of people working really hard to save the sun. That was a fun film. I thought it really, it really sort of kicked itself in the goalies by going all um, Event Horizon. I don't. I didn't think it needed a supernatural horror a horror element because it was quite quite tense as it was. Yeah, just you know the natural psychological breakdown of of you know being on such a long flight and going close to the sun and the sun making you go a bit gaga is fine. I don't think you need like basically Mark Strong is sort of like sort of agent of the sun in that film, right? Like right, he looks like the sun. He's all like <laughs> red. <laughs> 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 Mark Strong, right? He's another guy who's been in a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was. Uh, I've been on a massive kick of watching like survival movies recently. Oh, yeah. Have you watched The Way Back? Uh maybe. Who's in that one? They've all got names like that. It's some geezers escaping a Siberian gulag and walking to India. Uh, oh like no, this I, I haven't seen that. Kilometer journey. Mark Strong's in it, but he's just a chump. Oh right, yeah. He's not. He's not all red and embodying the sun in that. No, no, he doesn't do any like massive roaring speeches about you know hubris or anything. <laughs> it's just a guy in a gulag, and I was this like, is the Mark Strong Sun trilogy, <laughs> where it's it's three random films, but the 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 through line is that he plays a man who embodies the sun. <laughs> Driven mad by its rays. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good trilogy idea, to be honest. I get so I'd like one that. of them's a period drama. I mean, it's that... a really straight telling of Pride and Prejudice, apart from the man <laughs> who thinks he's the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this makes more sense than the so-called Cloverfield trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was I... that was desperate, wasn't it? That's just the the common factor is it's got the word things have got the word Cloverfield in them, right? Well, I, I watched a video on YouTube that identified all of the, um, you know, the things in the films, linking them together as a cinematic universe. But well, it just seems absolutely pointless. Mm. Like, if you have to watch 12-minute analysis video to realize they're in the same continuity, is there really a rich, like, cross-textual, you know, value emanating from that? I don't think so. Mm. I think the third one wasn't a Cloverfield film, and then they decided after they made it that they were going to somehow cram it into the the Cloververse. Because they just bung the monster's face, like, shouting out of the earth at the end, didn't they? (laughs) That's one of those films that's made me just increasingly pissed off with big budget sci-fi because it just never makes any sense at all Mm. the plots for these things just always diseased (laughs) and no wonder people think sci-fi is nonsense because in almost every visible example of the genre it is complete horseshit (laughs) you know when no two events make any sort of causal sense whatsoever <laughs> this is true. This is true. I tell you what is good sci-fi. Well, I, I've been enjoying it anyway. Is the um, been watching the the most recent Star Trek spin-off? Um, oh yeah, what well, um, it's called Strange New Worlds. Wait, is this post Discovery? Yeah, this is a spin-off of Discovery. Oh yeah, because um, I sort of 
when Discovery did the classic Star Trek thing of having three absolute banger episodes and then just introducing a load of nonsense, I just lost heart with it entirely. I, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, it's it's a spin-off of some of the people in Series 2. So you've got, like, Captain Pike um, from old Star Trek and young Spock. So it's kind of a... It feels more like a direct prequel to original Star Trek. It's kind of like... It's got young... Um, is it Uhuru? Uhara? What's her name? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uhuru. Yeah. Uhuru? Uh, well, I don't well. know now. Uh, Uhuru. Uhara. Uhuru, I think. I think we're um, just getting confused with an Irish surname. <laughs> well, either anyway, it's got there, and it's like, so far, it's been self-contained episodes, like every week, just a, a mad planet or concept they have to deal with and it's been pretty good it's been well, good they're fun. actually doing space exploration yeah, they're actually, yeah they're... arguing with clones of themselves or whatever <laughs> yes yeah, i mean there are arcs there uh one of their crew is um blatantly related to khan from star trek 2 <laughs> which feels like it's going to explode in all their faces at some point <laughs> oh do you remember the bit in that film where he put like the woodlouse in his I ear i do I watched that film uh, just three days ago. Really? What were you doing watching the Roth of Khan then? Me and Catherine are watching all the Star Trek films. We've got big into watching series in their entirety. So we just watched all the Scream films and now we're watching all the Star Trek films. Oh, that's lovely. Does Catherine quite like Star Trek? Oh, uh, I think we both have a similar kind of interest. Like neither of us has, has, has watched like an entirety of any series, but I think we've all seen episodes from all the different shows. Um, in fact, I was ready to bet probably twelve pounds that she quite liked Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh no, I think that actually no, she's not so hot in the TV shows. There's a lot of like you know, sh- you know, she'll point to like a Klingon and say, "Is that Picard?" <laughs> <laughs> in which case, then I've misjudged her. And I, <laughs> yeah, there's a fair amount of that. And I guess I owe like, her twelve pounds. She's like, "Which of these characters is Deep Space Nine?" <laughs> and you're like, "Nope." <laughs> um, uh, so, but we're watching the films because they're relatively self-contained. You know? I quite liked the J.J. Um, Abrams Star Treks. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're right. They were stupid, weren't they? Yeah, the first one. I think the first one's like pr- pretty great. I look like the characterization of them and, and the people they cast are really, really convincing. I thought, um, what is name from Heroes as Spock was great. Yeah, they felt more like Star Wars than the Star Wars sequels did. Right. <laughs> they had that same sort of like, you know, cheery bro energy. Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> good times. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, we should probably. <laughs> we'll oh, it's so tempting just to do a film podcast for a week, though, isn't it? <laughs> Alice isn't here to tell us we can't. Just sit in a warm, warm, but less warm than it was room talking about films. <laughs> See what I've been enjoying recently. It's just it's quite um no, it's not lame actually, it's very good. Um it, those YouTube videos where the man films himself talking to himself, pitching films, and have you seen those? I haven't. Uh so you know it's the thing that Cinema Sins took way too far and made into really like artistically unhelpful pedantry. Right. Uh, this guy's pitched it exactly right. He plays a screenwriter pitching to a producer, and he's pitching like well-known films what what come out of Hollywood. Right, and the, the the videos are about four or five minutes long, and he just really succinctly points out what what doesn't make sense about their central premises uh, in a very funny way. It's good. Mm. Uh, I like it. Uh, I think he was on Screen Rant, but now he has his own YouTube channel. He's called like Ryan or George or something like that. Uh, he's got a good, good, big, <laughs> long, wide face. It's great for that sort of thing. Ryan or George with the long, wide face. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you know, look those ones up, kids. Yeah. I kind and of. You know what? I think he's a kind of nice guy. Oh, I see. Very good. You say, yeah, that, that circled round like a shark. Uh, mm. To get at the juicy underbelly of today's theme, which is the best nice blokes in games, <laughs> <laughs> which is the best, like, absolutely sound lads of any gender in games. Yeah.
how did you find this task of rounding up sound lads? Um, well, I sort of started it uh, last week, so to just do a sort of a last time on EWS. Um, oh yeah, I missed this one, so please do. Yeah, so I, I was um, I was about to lie for a second time and say I'd been playing through Metro Exodus. Well, what I meant is I'd been watching someone play Metro Exodus on mm-hmm. YouTube and really enjoy. Have you you've played that right? Yeah, yeah, I like that game. Yeah, it's 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 very engrossing, and I really like in the um, sort of early on in the uh, Volga area where you climb that tower, and there's just that really sound as a pound like engineer guy. Who, right. who's just been traveling on his own, sort of selling trinkets and things. I don't know. He's just, I, I, he was very relaxed, very friendly, you know, practical about the somewhat difficult situation you're all in. Mm. But ultimately, yeah, just quite laid, laid back. And as the game goes through and you have your sort of, you know, chill out segments on the, the Aurora, which is the, the train that is all of your homes, you can just go and smoke post-apocalyptic roll-ups with him. Uh, in in the sort of the in the, the corrugated bit in between trains, which is actually weirdly similar energy to when you're stuck on a packed intercity train and you end it's so rammed you're standing in the in between bits and you end up like talking to a hangdog businessman from Reading and like forming a deep personal bond with him that you both know will only last thirty five minutes. Mm. <laughs> That's, I imagine that's what they were going for with Metro Exodus. Yeah, that's the sort of the central mood. So yeah, he was my he was my sort of um, type specimen, if you like, of just okay. just a nice bloke, not particularly yeah. heroic, but you could you know you're just happy to have encountered them, and you really wouldn't mind encountering them IRL. Mm. I think that actually feels like a better representation of what someone might be in the post-apocalypse. Because I don't think, you know, you're meant to think, oh, in like dystopian worlds, everyone's been hardened into just a total sod. But actually, like, you have to, I think you you also have to be relatively like calm and collected to survive. So there's a good chance that most of the survivors would be pretty chill because that's just the best way. Being able to go with the flow, you know, is, is is a survival tactic in itself. Yeah, I think genuinely, like seriously speaking, that's what made him so appealing because you're so used to encountering people who are like, yes, praise Mr. Diesel, and then sweep <laughs> the curtain aside to reveal like a giant rhino with a, you know, outboard motor for a head. Whereas, yeah, this guy is just, he's just trying to live his life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, saying that, like, I've got no chill, and I would definitely become like a mad sort of zealot of some kind. Would you be an acolyte of Mr. Diesel? Oh, for sure. I'd be like the first person there, there to sign can up I, for it. Can I just add praise Mr. Diesel to our <laughs> list of definite shirts that are going to be made for this podcast? <laughs> with you sweeping side a curtain to reveal a rhino with an outboard motor for <laughs> Yeah, that is that's so my energy. I know my I know myself well enough to know that that's what I'd be. Um, and so, uh, you would definitely kill me in Metro Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's actually do today as a little mini game, I guess, where we're we're arranging a an afternoon pub trip, mm. and we can take four people along with us. Okay, <laughs> from games as well as. Um, of, oh, he's called like oh, Shed or Clam or something. <laughs> <laughs> the man of Metro. So it's he's coming along, and then we got, <laughs> got he made a big impact on us. And we can't remember his name. It might be Shed <laughs> or Clam. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. These people aren't remarkable. <laughs> you know. Oh, you see, nice. I, mean, I, I think I've gone down the route of like people who are like biggish names in themselves. So okay, people well, who are just, you know, so like I think, like the definitive video game nice guy, is the the lead character in the Yakuza series, Kiryu Kazuma, which is like a surprise because well, the, I, I guess this 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 leads into the question I had was whether you know if in the majority of your actions you're like helping people and you're very compassionate and kind and open to new ideas 
you know, you can kind of take oddness with a sort of sense of like ribe amusement. You know, are, are you still a nice guy if like the rest of the time you are just like violently like crushing skulls into tarmac? That's the. But, <laughs> there's a lovely inversion here, isn't there? Because like your classic internet nice guy is like, you know, someone who initiates a DM exchange and then like the second they're denied female attention just starts roaring misogyny and turns out to be a demon. So I suppose this is like the inversion where it's someone who's just, you know, yeah, they, they can be a, a sort of shotgun-wielding street soldier, but then they turn out to, yeah, be, be just quite quite reasonable in character once, once yeah, it really he's matters. Just, he's, just inc- yeah. he's really, like, open-minded. Like, he meets some real freaks, and he never questions or judges anyone. You know, he's he's he never is like you, you know you only ever beat on people who are like actively cruel or a rule breaker in some way, um, and he doesn't kill them. Uh, well, arguably doesn't kill them because you know he's he's beating them so violently. I think there's a lot of these people. I think that guy's definitely dead. Like if you did that to someone in real life, it would kill them. You know, yeah, like, this where, is like he, where he like smashes them. Hazy, no killing rules. <laughs> well, that's it. But he's like smashes someone's like you know, exposed neck onto the top of a bollard or something. And you're like, well, <laughs> like, I, mean, that, I don't think that guy's, I mean, that guy's changed if he's still alive, you know? <laughs> well, let's, let's put him into our pub trip scenario. I mean, but, but, it, but specifically in the pub trip scenario, I think he's, so that the pluses and cons plus if it kicks off in the pub, which it could, he's like, like great. I mean, literally, like, you give him, like, a bottle in his hand, the stuff this guy can do with that bottle and the human face is, like, unbelievable. But But what about if some, like, you know, (coughs) foolish kid, you know, like a 17-year-old trying to be the big man is rude to him. But, you know, this this kid could grow up fine, but is he just going to, like, suddenly, like, his Yakuza eyes glow? Oh, I I, I think he's still trying to avoid conflict deep down. So he might say something in a stern kind of voice. He might scare some young punks. He does a lot of what I would describe as sort of like preliminary beatings, which is where you like someone, someone's like, why should I listen to you? And then you beat them a little bit and then they're like, okay. (laughs) So that's, that's not ideal. But, so just some mild <laughs> physical dominance, right? Yeah, that may call for one of those situations. Also, I would say he he's a bit of a quiet observer. Like, if we're thinking about, like, active pub chat, I'm not entirely sure how engaged he'd be. You know, he'd, he'd probably listen on. And if, if, we, if, you, if you ask him directly, he'll weigh in. But he's not like, I wouldn't say he's the life and soul of the party. Do you think he's got, like, fun tricks? Oh, he I mean, he, can, he, can, he sings karaoke. He's got quite, oh, quite, quite I, a good I, set of pipes on him. He sounds like he'd be quite a laugh once he had like three pints in him. I think that's the key. I think that is the key to it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just. We'll, this is an afternoon pub session that maybe gets a little bit out of hand, but not so out of hand that bollards are altering people's <laughs> characters. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just got to keep this one within parameters. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone likes going to the pub where there's someone that you're slightly nervous about in your group. That's... Yeah, no, it does add a frisson, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's that's good. He's in. Yeah, he's on the team. Okay, who am I going to propose? Oh, I had some Yeah, okay. I'm going to say um Errand from Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh who's Oh, I th- I was thinking of him. Because I remember when we played that through, we were just like, he is just an okay guy. Like, because <laughs> you've got the Sun King Avad, who's just like, more like Sun King, a bit of a wanker. Um, <laughs> thinks he's all that, you know. Uh, it's probably played by Mark Strong, let's face it. Because <laughs> he's an embodiment of the sun. But Erend is just, you know, he's very, flo- I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's got a bit of a, a drinking problem. But he's realistic about it, you know, and is is pretty good at fights and stuff, but is not, you know, Captain War. Uh, he just comes from a fairly martial uh, culture. And, he, you know, sort of compassionate, self-doubting, bit of a laugh. Um, mm. it, he just, you know, 
<laughs> he seemed reasonable and like clearly wanted to be a love interest for the main character, but wasn't going to push that when it didn't seem like it was going to be a thing. Uh. So he definitely isn't an internet nice guy. Uh. Yeah, I think that's right. The, the Didn't he also have really cool hair? He does have, yeah, he's got like a sort of mohawk and he's got a big moustache as well. So that all the hair is in the centre of his face. Which is um, where you want it, really. Oh yeah, right down the middle. Nothing to the left or right. Very focuses you in on him. Very easy to talk to. <laughs> all the characters in Horizon, when I first played it, I didn't get on amazingly well with the game because I found it, everything a bit like solemn, a bit muted. Yeah, but actually, I came to like that when you when you do get slightly tropier characters like it's the it's your brash warrior friend. They're actually they sort of like because everything exists down a notch. They they sort of automatically occupy a slightly unusual space in video game heroes. Like everyone's a little got a little bit of chill given the situation, which I quite like. Well, like the blacksmith lady is excellent in that as well. Because it would be very easy to have made her a sort of, um, you know, slightly cringy sort of Rosie the Riveter, girl power sort of character. Whereas she's not, she's just a really interesting blacksmith. Who's actually kind of inappropriately flirty with the uh, with Aloy and also makes a really, really, really good gun. Um, <laughs> you know, which kind of, kind of all sense are forgiven as far as I'm concerned <laughs> with that. So definitely, you don't want her over Erin. No, because uh, do you know what? I'm actually, maybe it's just the the miserable hot weather eroding my brain cells, but I'm feeling this might actually be a bloke's trip. I, I don't know. It's just, we'll see how it goes. But so far, it is feeling, and again, this is blokes of any gender. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Alice did say, blokes but it's it's got blokey energy and, yeah you know she didn't have blokey energy i'm i'm afraid to say <laughs> it's got to be errand for me <laughs> that's all right what do you think um old lance reddick would be like at the pub lance reddick was in um so is he sight what's his name silent not cylon oh silence yeah oh awful <laughs> just a dreadful man um the pub quiz team though well, yeah, he does. He knows he's a lot about for knowledge. the world. But I mean, I mean, also he's got some cool LED implants, hasn't he? Mm. Um, no, because he'd he'd withhold some vital information or, or just play things to his own agenda or like, yeah, he would like arrange it so you stayed out in that pub just long enough that the only place left open was like his awful like Psytrance nightclub of choice that you then had to go to. Mm. <laughs> you know, he just manipulate the situation. I know, I don't, I don't. But yeah. then again, you know, he could bust you out of there with a robot horse if you need to. The thing it. is, the, 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 the problem with that guy is that he takes you to like the most exciting places. Like you de- the game is definitely like a lot more fun when you're with him because he takes you to all these wild things. And because he's like a few steps ahead of the plot, he can kind of sort of show you, you know, he, he kind of knows all the coolest spots to, to go with the, 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 the kind of nightclub idea. Well, um, let's have him show up in a minivan <laughs> at throwing out time. <laughs> and the braver of the group can decide whether or not they're going to get in. Yeah, because, I mean, Aaron will probably be on the Lemonades and will probably just want to go home to his family at that point mm. so he can tag out. You know, because like, yeah, it, when you don't drink anymore, it's pretty rubbish uh, <laughs> hanging out in a boozer with people. So he'll probably be quite glad of the off time. So, yeah, then we'll tag in silence and things can get weird. Silence would say where we're going, you don't need to have booze for a good time. And then just get out a lot of designer drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will take these substances instead. <laughs> Okay, uh, who else are we going to throw in? This uh, trip? It's, another it's another man. It's another man. Apologies. Oh, this the EWS is drastic swing into sexism. Uh, I'm actually going to propose uh, one of the companions from uh, Baldur's Gate Three um, with a proviso that we've only played like the first act of the game. So if he ends up being like a total knob in the second and third acts, I obviously take it back. Baldur's Gate 3, I don't know if you remember from sort of some of the kind of critical feedback of early access is that everyone thought all the characters were really unpleasant. 
They're just yes. quite hard work and like they disapprove of everything you do, apart from uh, a lovely wizard named Gale, who it seems to be like nice guy in you know everything he approves of is is the sort of the morally right act you know if you help people in any mission he approves if you you know nurture and look after a little owl owl uh owl bear cub he really oh, likes that there's an owl bear nice. yeah there's a whole owl bear story you can get a little owl bear cub can come to your camp oh um, i yeah, really if, like the sound of that if if you don't like kill it and its mum in a fight um, because you like rolled a dice on a dialogue choice or something. Okay. So he's he's quite nice. He's quite a nice guy. Everything he says is very like chill. You know, to talk to him in the moment to moment, I'd say he comes across as a really nice guy. And the big, but the big but with him is that in his past, he's he's made like a catastrophic error, and uh, he's basically managed to turn his his heart into a into a nuke that's going to go off at some point. <laughs> I mean, you said that it's fun to have an element of unpredictability and danger. I'm not sure that's the level I want to go to. Yeah, it's I can't really like weigh up those two versions of the character because the guy you meet seems very rational, and I don't know if like in the past he's obviously been part of this sort of hubristic act that has caused him to put this bomb in his chest by by mistake, which would speak to like a horrible ego you know, uh, the kind of, the most kind of cliched power grab for a wizard that you can kind of imagine. But what if he was just like trying to get a Chromecast to work, you know, but using an Apple device and was getting increasingly frustrated downloading (laughs) apps and mucking with says, oh, now I've got a nuke in my heart. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's that's the thing. I, I, you know, because, because some of his backstory remains a mystery. It's hard to tell if he's like, just been humbled like he was he an asshole who was humbled by what he's done to himself uh in which case i think that's sound you know i think he can come that guy can come to the pub or is he you know is is the bomb just tempering him and he's actually just going to revert to whatever he was that made that decision in the first place um i'm just super intrigued the other funny thing with him which maybe makes hanging out the pub a bit weird is that to like stop the bomb from exploding you have to feed him magical artifacts (laughs) (laughs) so he will like eat precious loot that you have or there's a lot of loot in this pub yeah but he's the kind of person he'll be asking he'll be constantly asking us for stuff you know he'll like all right with for example crisps well i don't think they'll count as special enough he'd probably like want to eat your debit card what about those like brannigan's roast beef crisps in the sort of the the, the brown paper package with the sort of I mean, on them? i don't really know where he stands on like crisps and like the loot structure of crisps that feels like a podcast in itself what is the common rare and legendary of crisps <laughs> all crisps have got to be marvels to someone from a dnd background right the crisps must exist on the sword coast don't they? Not, it's not just mass fried potato. Packaged crisps with pictures of butchers on the front. <laughs> when were crisps invented? I don't. I don't know. In my uh, head, crisps are like Victorian. <laughs> I've got a huge disturbance in the force that Alice has an Ireland anecdote about this. Right. Because I know she said something interesting about a popular snack food that I think is crisps that was invented in Ireland. She knows about this. Right. We'll go ask her about this. Yeah. Okay. She'll well, probably have told it like three times and we'll just look like a couple of dopes. I think it would very much undermine the drama of his whole situation if, in the game at least, you could soothe his dangerous heart with crisps. Um, <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. What was the moment playing Baldur's Gate 3 where you're like, you know, I actually really like this guy. Can you pinpoint a moment? Ah. Uh, just talking to him in in the hub so when you camp at night you can chat to characters it's a bit like the you know normandy or something in mass effect so you can just sort of poodle around and uh he just talks about uh he talks about his like wizarding school uh is it water deep i think he went i can't remember anyway he talks about his where he came from with like real affection and he really sells you on like the, like the majesty of it not as a boast just someone who's 
clearly been really moved by their time somewhere. And I was like, oh, I'm really on board with that. Like, I really, you know, I, I find that very endearing in someone when someone can speak with like real sincerity about something like that's that's a naturally very appealing characteristic to me yeah he sounds he sounds pretty cool is he quite posh oh uh, he's kind of yeah 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 reasonably I th- posh i think that's that's fine because you know they've got an interesting mix actually because you, <laughs> your man from yakuza's definitely not posh and then erin's <laughs> Ar- like technically an aristocrat but actually just a, a bit of a bozo right um so you know we're not what about the engineer from metro exodus well unknowable (laughs) i i would they're they're solidly entrepreneurial middle class after the (laughs) apocalypse um so okay yeah it's good it's a good mix uh the only other thing with him is like if he dies uh his he explodes so you got to keep him alive as a, as a, 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 a you know, as a, just as a side note, it's, it's worth being aware. It's a bit like when you want to know about like food allergies with your friends, when you're going to a restaurant. Yeah. You know, if they die, they'll annihilate the city around. Well, you, you know, fair. you just want to, you want to know like what the well, worst case scenario you don't is. Want, you know, one of your five friends on a night out to die. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not saying, no, I'm saying it's good to be aware of this. Like you, you might have to bring him back to life or it'll end badly. Like there won't be a pub. Okay, well, that's. Um, I think we just we make Yakuza man very aware of that, so he. Oh yeah. You know, he doesn't. That's the, that's the kind of mission he he'd respond really well to. I think he would actually. Yeah, that's fair. That would give him like real purpose to the night. Okay, well, I'm going to add in maybe a little stabilizing element here, and actually also <laughs> just maybe sanitize our um, our gender balance a little bit as well uh, with Wilmot from Wilmot's Warehouse, uh, who is of course a extremely positive and as far as i know genderless square um who never says a word Mm. which is an obstacle to conversation but everyone who plays that game is just struck by an intense sense of well-wishing for wilmot (laughs) i'm jealous because he owns a it owns a warehouse and i don't well no no wilmot doesn't own the warehouse wilmot just works in the warehouse but it's his warehouse it's it's their warehouse well, no, in the same way as like, well, I was, I was about to say, if you're talking about a llama at the zoo, you'd say it's the llama's zoo. It's the llama's no. cage. Yeah, exactly. The warehouse is Wilmot's cage. Yeah, like dra- <laughs> Dragon's Den. The den doesn't belong to the dragons. They just reside in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. M- well, Need to choose up paper to make a nest. <laughs> Pathetus sort of secretes a cocoon around himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's the warehouse within which Wilmot can be found and to which Wilmot is commonly associated. So, yeah, but... It's like Mr. Money's Bees Warehouse uh, or whatever. You know, there, there, there is a, you know, a, a bleak capitalist owner somewhere up there. Wilmot just gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I would want Wilmot along because they do just get the job done. Uh, they, would, they would get the first round in 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have a good takeaway menu on their phone, ready when everyone was hungry and sitting on a bench outside. Good at remembering orders of things as well. Yeah, I mean, this is this is problematic because we're, we're sort of quietly slotting Wilma into a role as sort of food and drink slave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's, let's face it, that they would make sure we were all fed and watered. Um, <laughs> But I think they'd also like have some really interesting like they'd turn out to be really good at arm wrestling or something. But we almost square. Very strong shape. Mm-hmm. Also just the energy, man. Just having this little beaming Yeah. I I just think I think there's something of like like the busybody about Wilmot. That's my only concern. Oh, okay. Okay, no, that's interesting. You know, like I I, I don't <laughs> Because I've only ever seen Wilmot in their, at work, like in their working conditions, I find it quite hard to imagine their life outside of the warehouse. And to me, 
like this is a creature that's just driven by like efficiency and rules. I don't know. I just no. I think they bring a sense of whimsy uh, and cheer from outside the workplace to what would otherwise be, you know, a loveless environment of optimization. But that's Ooh. interesting. Let's um, let's say Wilmot shows up at the club. There with silence, I think. <laughs> I like the idea of the van pulling up and it's driven by silence and Wilmot's in the passenger seat. And you're like, where, what, where is my night going? <laughs> <laughs> to heaven. Uh, okay. So we've got Gail, Monsieur Yakuza, um, yeah. and we've got Erend, and we've got um, Shed slash Clam. <laughs> So we've got, we've got, I think, one more space. One more, one space. more space. We've got two minutes. I, I, I had on my list Garrus from Mass Effect. See, I've been doing some research into Garrus this week. Right. Um, even that this is... Alice would find this quite endearing, because I've still not played Mass Effect, but I'm slowly becoming a massive Garrus fan. Right. Because <laughs> I was reading about how you can see... Um, Somewhere in, in one of the games, you can see what they've been listening to on their like helmet headset, and they've got like some music and stuff, and like some sort of battle anthem from their home world. But also, I think like um, like what seems to be the alien equivalent of one of those sort of like um, what do you call it? The sort of Mexican soaps, um, oh, sort of tele- telenova things. Is it? Yeah, Te- telenovelas. Telenovela, um, yeah. It was something like that, but it has a bit where uh, the two people in love like go to the top of a specific place and say specific things. And it turns out if you then choose to romance Garrus, they take you to the top of a thing and try to recreate this moment from like an alien telenovela, uh, which you would only know if you'd like snooped through what they'd been listening to and like read the backgrounds and stuff, which is a lovely bit of world building and also just makes them a real dork. Right. <laughs> I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, I feel like Garrus needs to come in just to honour Alice as well. Yeah, he's, I was, you know, the problem I have with Garrus, well, not a problem, but the, the problem with talking about as a nice guy is that when you have this like long, long relationship over three games, you kind of, you only really remember the affection that builds over it. And I was trying to think back to like what Garrus is when you meet him. Like, I don't, I think he's just like a, like pretty generic space cop. I don't think he's like a bad person that you kind of win over. I think he's got, I think he's like relatively nice th- sort of throughout. At least that's my memory. Cause the joke in Mass Effect 2 is that he's sort of taken over. There's this sort of criminal organization and they've got this sort of legendary sort of badass leader. And the, the sort of punchline is that it is Garrus. And that's how he's kind of like reintroduced to the game. And I don't think you could really do that as a kind of punchline that it's like, oh, it's this nice, it's your nice friend. It's not someone scary at all. I, you know, I don't think you could pull that off if he, if he wasn't like a good guy. Yeah. It's, I don't know. As I say, I've only got second-hand sources, but everything yeah. I've heard endears me, and not in a kind of "whoa, they're so badass," just in a kind of a oh, yeah, he's probably a kind of cool metal-skinned owl man to know. Yeah, because I think they're a bit of a generalization, but like the nicer characters in Mass Effect can often be quite boring. You know, like the fun people are, are the slightly edgier kind of dicks on the crew or party in Dragon Age, but he actually is. You know, just a relatively sound guy who's, yeah, like I think it's the sort of the relaxing element of him. Like he's, you know, he's just always tinkering away on his, wherever he's down in the engine room and hanging out with him. This, you know, it's just a good time. He's a very, I think the reason he's with you in the first place is because like his culture's very rules and regulations and he's just a bit fed up of all the red tape, not in a sort of a Jeremy Clarkson way, Mm. but just wants to, to relax a bit more, which, I mean, I guess, yeah, it sounds a bit like their equivalent of a hippie, really. I think um, he can be a bit, if you allow him, I think he can be a bit, like, lawful good, and he can be a little bit scary on the old justice side of things. The cop within. Yeah. But I think that's only if you let him. You know, there's a few choices that you, you make along the way with him. And I think, you know, he he fundamentally just wants to help people, but 
there is a version of him which is more into, you know, I'm here to uphold the law, and that guy's not quite as fun. But I'm also pretty sure Turians can't digest human food. Oh. Because their biochemistry is based on, like, um, I think it's, like, right-handed isotopes of like amino acids Ooh. or something, whereas we're left. Um, that makes the whole crisp situation with Gale a bit easier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, oh, i tell you what, we're not doing a great job of this because Aaron's just going to be drinking soda water <laughs> and, like, Gale and Garrus are going to be off the Brannigans. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. Gar- Garrus, is, Garrus is cool. Um, you know, and who knows? You might romance him. Um, that's always an option with Garrus. Romance is always in the air. Mm, um, mm. So yeah, okay. So we got the dream team. <laughs> Me, uh, Wolf, Wolf Colton, <laughs> uh, Clam from Exodus. <laughs> we got Aaron from Horizon Zero Dawn. We got Garrus from Mass Effect trilogy. <laughs> We've got Gale from Baldur's Gate 3. Um, we've got, um, what's his name from Yakuza? Oh, Kiryu. Yeah. And then we've got Silence and Wilmot showing up <laughs> for the club after. <laughs> now, listen, did you have a cavern prepped for today? I don't have a cavern. Well, I've just thought of a really cool little mini game we can end with. So let's, uh, let's do a sting and then we'll do that. Shall I do the cavern sting? Yeah, yeah, do that. Okay. Video game nightmare blunt rotation. (laughs) What's this? Right, okay, so uh, I just realised we spent like ages working out the perfect sort of pub pub trip team. Um, Have you ever seen the Twitter meme nightmare blunt rotation? (laughs) I haven't. Right, so it's it's like four photos of people. It's like the people you you, you would least like to be smoking a blunt with. Now <laughs> we we don't need to do blunt smoking here. Um, <laughs> this is a family friendly podcast, but I'm saying we have to quickfire come uh, come up with the reverse of what we spent the last forty five minutes doing, right. or realistically the last twenty minutes after we'd finished talking about films. So this is like over the other side of the pub <laughs> are like five absolute nightmares <laughs> who are just going to ruin the whole thing. And we can't say, you know, like, you know, Thanos or whatever. It can't be people who will like annihilate, the, you know, the country we're in. Just really socially, like, difficult people. So. Oh, okay. Um I'm going to start us off with that guy off of Red Dead Redemption 2 who you bust out of jail and he insists on basically doing a massacre on the way out. Oh. Even, even though you really don't want that at all. <laughs> he was just vile. I'm going to look up his name. Micah Bell. That was it. Oh, that guy's... What, a, what an asshole. Yeah, real piece of shit. They're, head, they're, they're, they're the leader of the group. I'm going to pick... Have you played Telltale's The Walking Dead? Yes. There's a guy in it called Larry. He's like the dad of, of a woman in the group. And he's like he's like the trouble. He's like, everything he wants to do is super aggressive. I think he smashes someone's head in with like a brick. <laughs> oh, yes. That deeply unpleasant. Yeah. And he has like a heart. He has like a big heart attack as well. In you're locked in a meat. You're locked in a cooler, and he has like a heart attack, and he's just like smashed some nice bloke's head in with. I think it's like a big block of like salt lick. <laughs> yeah. He. Yeah. My memory's saying like a lot of drastic ex- escalations. <laughs> yeah. Like he's the guy where no matter how well you're doing in a situation, every decision he makes means you just constantly lose in, in The Walking Dead Season 1. Um, yeah, they're absolutely essential to zombie stories, I find. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. But at a pub, he's he's a guy, he explodes in a very realistic way. Like, it's a very recognisable human anger that he has. Yeah, yeah, this is, um, yeah, he's trash. He's coming. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to say Augustus Cole from Gears of War. <laughs> he's fun, isn't he? Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> but 
But like his main means of fun is roaring the words coal train and slamming into things. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, if we're talking about like a volatile oh, difficult yeah. group of people, you know. Also I just sort of I I, I took against Augustus Cole in um Gears Tactics because like he was like the, the reward character for pre purchasing, I think. But he was like, it meant he was a sort of a bit of a, a spare wheel, if you like, to use the gears analogy. Um, because what, what, was, what was his um, category? The sort of slam bam ramo guys, you know, you already had one. And so, but Cole was cooler. So you always had to be divvying up like the best armor and stuff. And he just annoyed me a bit. So he's going into pub hell. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, what about Gordon Freeman? I don't think he's a nice man. I think he's. I think he's incredibly boring. I get big Walter White vibes from him. <laughs> All right, what one of Gordon? Who would you rather go to the pub with, Gordon Freeman or the G Man from Half Life? A G Man would be sick. <laughs> Do you think so? He's so weird. Yeah. He'd- no, he'd just like stop time and buy everyone ten aftershocks, and he'd be like, "What is this, nineteen ninety-five? And he'd be like, "Yes, Mister Freeman." <laughs> <laughs> and then time would start back again, and the bartender would have a squid face, and you know, <laughs> it would just be wild. The G-Man is definitely in Silence Van. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah okay, he's in the club van. <laughs> I love how we're splitting this up into like heaven, purgatory, and hell. <laughs> Well, I think I think I would hate to hang out with Gordon Freeman. Whether he's a true nightmare, I don't know. But no, I I think he's got big Walter White energy. He's a dweeb who suddenly realizes his inner self (laughs) through a collapse in the order that surrounds him. I think he's a penis. So (laughs) he's in. (laughs) Right, just looking for one more, uh, one more villain. I mean, we haven't really looked at villains from games, but they usually... Hang on. No, there's got to be someone awful in Borderlands. I mean, ha- I was going to say Handsome Jack, but... Claptrap. He- oh, Claptrap. Oh, yeah. 100%. Trips <laughs> over. That's the guy. Right. Claptrap's... We win. <laughs> Claptrap's someone who's so awful. He kind of, like, ruins the group. You know, in the if he's in your group, you're like I'm having a bad time. But he is also someone who I think like infects the whole atmosphere of the room. At another, well, you would just hear his you'd dialogue. Hear, that's it, the voice, it's the voice. You'd be like, "Fuck me!" Like we'd all be leaning in, being like, "That guy over there, he's awful. We should do he something about him." Doing. <laughs> Wouldn't he? In a really funny way, he'd get his neck smashed on a bollard. Oh, actually, we've still got a fifth person, so I'm going to put in the Red Prince from Divinity. <laughs> What's wrong with the Red Prince? That's my favourite character, but Pub Nightmare, I reckon. Yeah? Nine-foot-tall reptile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it definitely makes everyone awkward in the pub. Well, it depends on the pub, I guess. Oh, no, no, but he is actually amazing, isn't he? Well, that's the thing. He's all right. Like, I think he's... Club van. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> total total <laughs> pub van, uh, club van candidate. <laughs> so, okay, so our, our baddies, we've got Claptrap. We've got Gordon Freeman. <laughs> Larry got, from um, The Walking Dead. <laughs> Larry from The Walking Dead. And my original suggestion was uh, Michael Bell from Red Dead. So one. We have actually got one one more to even the numbers out. Um, and this is lovely because we've ended up with, I think, four in the, the club van as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, are there actually any other bad people in gaming? I mean, there's so many. Yeah, but they're mostly the people who play. <laughs> no, that's it. That's yes. all the actual annoying people in video games cleared up. <laughs> We've done it. Everyone else is good. And it's all going to come down to one apocalyptic pub tray, <laughs> uh, pub, pub trip, where a lot of people get bollarded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise Mr. Diesel. <laughs> <laughs>
go well um listeners i hope you had fun this week bit of a lo-fi beats <laughs> podcast this week but you know it's been warm i think we all needed a bit of a rest um before we close up shop and head uh, head off in the van with silence uh recommendations Riffing at what I said earlier, and I imagine most of the listeners have seen it, I'm going to recommend uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Like, legitimately good, uh, I, I think. I, I hadn't seen it for a long time, uh, and, like, the end of it is obviously quite famous, um, but it's actually, gen- like, genuinely moving what happens, and William Shatner is really, really convincing in in the... Throughout the film, I think it's just because we watched one just before it, and it's just such a big step up. It you know it really is, and Khan's like a great villain as well. It's just really good fun. Yeah, it is legit. I'm gonna chuck in a film as well. Like I said, I've been watching a lot of survival movies. Um, really good one actually uh, was All Is Lost, which is a film uh, with only Robert Redford in it and no dialogue. Um, oh, is, that, is that the boat one? Yeah. It's just a guy who lives on a boat uh, and he wakes up one morning to find a shipping container that's adrift, has smashed into his boat. Uh, and it's him just trying to deal with that situation. And that's it. That's the film. It's so... Uh, the clarity of purpose in it is absolutely immense. The screenplay was only 32 pages long, I was reading. Huh. and. So much of it is just in this guy's face and mannerisms and demeanor while often doing quite, you know, mundane, repetitive things. Like, you know, it might sound as if it's a whole lot of nothing, but it's absolutely edge of your seat gripping. The sense of solitude in it is horrendous. Uh, And it's a wonderful example of, you know, getting the viewer's mind to work overtime by leaving things unsaid. Because uh, you have to fill in this guy's entire life story. You are never given anything. And you spend a lot of time watching him do, as I say, quite neutral activities. And so you're left thinking like, you know, who is he? Why is he on this trip? Like, what's what's his deal? What's his emotional state? What's his family situation? Ooh. Yeah, brilliant. All is lost. Very, very good film. There you go. Two legit recommendations. Yeah, get your get your telly boxes fired up, friends. <laughs> Treat yourself to a couple of Phil Marinos. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was uh, the Electronic Wireless Show episode 195. The best nice blokes in games, the best, like, absolutely sound lads of any gender in games. <laughs> Also, weirdos you would go to a nightclub with. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a pleasure. You can find uh, Rock Paper Shotgun at www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, here it's a PC game site. Very good. Used to uh, used to have me and Matthew there. Uh, still has Alice there. Um, Alice will be back soon. Uh, until then, you can also find us uh, on you know, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of those. I'm really freewheeling this. <laughs> I'm getting actually quite tense. So we'll leave it I think there. if you've listened this far, you know the deal. Yeah. Yeah. If this is your first one, God help you. Uh, why are you still listening? <laughs> like if you're committed enough to have made it to this point on your first listen to this podcast, uh, I'm sure your detective skills will carry you the rest of the way into Valhalla um, <laughs> and don't forget if you are a listener and, and somehow haven't done this genuinely do join uh, the Discord server uh, it's the Rock Paper Shotgun Discord but we have a little um, realm within that called Podcavern. Podcavern and it's just, it's just really nice isn't it Ooh. really nice and so are you Matthew oh, and as, as are you Yeah, there we go. I think that's the end. Farewell. Goodbye.